Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of gout, found under the rheumatology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 55-year-old woman presents to the emergency department with acute pain in the left proximal interphalangeal joint of the second digit. She reports that the pain is excruciating and has happened once a few years ago, but self-resolved over the course of two weeks. She states that she recently increased her alcohol and red meat consumption and was recently started on hydrochlorothiazide. On physical exam, the PIP joint is swollen, erythematous, warm, and tender to palpation. Preparations are made for an arthrocentesis to be performed. Let's continue with an introduction to gout. Clinically, it is defined as the deposition of monosodium urate crystals leading to a crystal-induced arthropathy. In terms of epidemiology, remember that the demographics more commonly affected are men and the elderly, and risk factors include conditions that increase serum urate levels, also known as hyperuricemia. In terms of etiology, remember that gout is caused by hyperuricemia, which is defined as a serum urate level greater than 6.8 milligrams per deciliter. Causes of hyperuricemia include dietary habits, such as consumption of alcohol, red meat, or seafood, and medication use, such as thiazide diuretics, loop diuretics, allopurinol, cyclosporine, low-dose aspirin, or pyrazinamide. It is also caused by disorders of urate overproduction, such as hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyl transferase deficiency, also known as Lesch-Nyhan syndrome type 1 glycogen storage disease, or von Gierke disease, which causes hypoglycemia, hyperuricemia, and hepatomegaly, or tumor lysis syndrome. The pathogenesis is thought to be due to purine catabolism, which results in uric acid production. Factors that influence serum uric acid levels include purine intake, purine synthesis, and uric acid excretion by the kidneys and gut. Also, conditions that increase the serum uric acid concentration increase the risk of crystal formation. Subsequently, deposition of uric acid crystals leads to an inflammatory response, which results in a gout flare. In terms of prognosis, remember that acute attacks typically self-resolve, but patients have an increased risk of recurrence, and advanced gout and TOFI may result without proper treatment. Moving on to the presentation, remember that symptoms of acute gout typically include extreme pain of the affected joint, such as in the foot or ankle, And symptoms of chronic tophaceous gout include stiff or swollen joints and deformity of the affected joint, such as with the formation of nodules. On physical exam, acute gout is typically monoarticular, such as with the involvement of the first metatarsophalangeal joint, also known as pedagra. And one will see sudden onset of joint tenderness, erythema and warmth, and swelling. In chronic tophaceous gout, one may note subcutaneous nodules, which are typically non-tender, but the overlying skin may be taut with an abnormal color that demonstrates white or yellow deposits. Other studies include labs that may demonstrate hyperuricemia, and remember that this is a urate level greater than 6.8 milligrams per deciliter. However, this is not sufficient for diagnosis, and the level may even be lower during an attack. Synovial fluid analysis may also be performed. Remember that joint fluid aspiration and crystal analysis is the gold standard. Findings include negatively birefringent, needle-shaped crystals under polarized light, which means that one will see yellow under parallel light and blue under perpendicular light. And remember that to make the diagnosis, 
one should try to demonstrate monosodium urate crystals in an affected joint via polarizing light microscopy. However, when this is not possible, the diagnosis can be made clinically. In terms of the differential, remember to think about septic arthritis, which is a highly important differential diagnosis to exclude, since this would change the management. However, distinguishing factors here would include a synovial fluid analysis that will demonstrate no crystals, more than 50,000 cells per microliter, and a gram stain may be positive. Also think about pseudogout. However, distinguishing factors here are that it is caused by deposition of calcium pyrophosphate crystals, and those crystals, after analysis, will demonstrate weakly positive birefringent rhomboid crystals under polarized light, meaning that one will see blue under parallel light. In terms of treatment, remember that the management approach for acute attacks includes the use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, corticosteroids, or colchicine. And remember that acute gout attacks typically self-resolve in one to two weeks. However, treatment will hasten recovery. Also, the choice of treatment is dependent on certain patient factors, such as comorbidities, gout history, attack characteristics, availability, and cost. And preventing future attacks is accomplished by urate-lowering therapy. Conservative treatment includes lifestyle modification, which is indicated as a preventive measure for patients with gout. Specific examples would include decreased alcohol, red meat, and seafood consumption, weight loss, or discontinuing or modifying medications, such as changing a patient's loop diuretic. Medical treatment options differ whether the management is of acute attacks or if it is for preventing a future attack. The medical management of acute attacks includes NSAIDs, which are indicated as a monotherapy agent for acute gout attacks. Also, it includes colchicine, which is also indicated as a monotherapy agent for acute gout attacks. Corticosteroids are also indicated as a monotherapy agent, but in particular, they may be indicated as an intraarticular therapy for patients who cannot tolerate systemic steroids, such as in patients with psychosis or hyperglycemia. But remember that in order to use this as an intraarticular therapy, symptoms should be limited to one or two joints. Another treatment option is urine alkalinization, which helps to reduce kidney stones. Specifically, one may use sodium bicarbonate or sodium acetate. Medical management for preventing a future attack requires urate-lowering therapy, which is indicated to prevent future attacks. Medications here include xanthine oxidase inhibitors, which are first-line, and include allopurinol and febuxostat, or uricosuric agents, which are second-line, and include probenicid. And lastly, don't forget the complications to keep in mind with regards to gout include recurrent flares, TOFI, chronic gouty arthritis, and erosion or destruction of the joint. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to gout, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A five-year-old boy presents to his primary care doctor for weakness and fatigue. He recently immigrated to the US after he was adopted by a local family. The child is smaller than his peers and has struggled to gain weight. He also has had several episodes of seizures of unknown etiology. His past medical history is unknown, and he is not currently taking any medications. His temperature is 97.5 degrees Fahrenheit, or 36.4 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 86 over 54. Pulse is 100 beats per minute, and respirations are 19 breaths per minute. Oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. 
Physical exam is notable for a small child. Abdominal exam reveals an enlarged, non-tender liver, and lab studies are ordered and demonstrate a hemoglobin of 12 grams per deciliter, hematocrit of 36%, a leukocyte count of 6,500 per millimeter cubed with a normal differential, a platelet count of 188,000 per millimeter cubed. Sodium is 139 milliequivalents per liter. Chloride is 100 milliequivalents per liter. Potassium is 4.3 milliequivalents per liter. Bicarbonate is 25 milliequivalents per liter. His BUN is 14 milligrams per deciliter. Glucose is 49 milligrams per deciliter. Creatinine is 0.7 milligrams per deciliter. Calcium is 10.2 milligrams per deciliter. His AST is 12 units per liter, and ALT is 10 units per liter. And his uric acid level is 15.0 milligrams per deciliter. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are, choice one, acid maltase deficiency. Choice two, alpha 1,6 glucosidase deficiency. Choice three, glucose 6-phosphatase deficiency. Choice four, liver glycogen phosphorylase deficiency. Or choice five, muscle phosphorylase deficiency. The best answer to this question is, choice three, glucose 6-phosphatase deficiency. This patient is presenting with fatigue, small size, hypoglycemia, which is likely causing a seizures in the past, and hyperuricemia, which is concerning for a diagnosis of von Gierke disease, or glucose 6-phosphatase deficiency. Von Gierke disease occurs due to a deficiency of glucose 6-phosphatase. This impairs the liver's ability to remove the phosphate group from glucose and release glucose systemically, which impairs gluconeogenesis. These patients will classically present with failure to thrive, hepatomegaly, fasting hypoglycemia, lactic acidosis, hyperuricemia, and hyperlipidemia. These patients are unable to effectively participate in gluconeogenesis and often require more frequent glucose-containing foods to maintain their blood glucose. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, acid maltase deficiency is the defect present in Pompe disease, which presents in very young children, typically under two years old, with severe cardiomegaly and heart failure with normal glucose levels. Most patients die before the age of two years. Choice two, alpha 1,6 glucosidase deficiency is deficient in Cori disease, which presents with hepatomegaly, hypoglycemia, with elevated ketones, hypotonia, and weakness. Abnormal glycogen with very short outer chains is classically seen. These patients are not as ill and do not have findings such as hyperuricemia. Choice four, liver glycogen phosphorylase deficiency, also known as Herz disease, would impair the conversion of glucose to glucose 1-phosphate. It results in mild symptoms, including hypoglycemia, hyperlipidemia, hyperketosis, and hepatomegaly. Choice five, muscle phosphorylase deficiency, or McCardle disease, presents with weakness and fatigue during exercise due to an inability to break down glycogen in the muscle. Patients may experience a burning and cramping muscle pain when exercising that is relieved with rest. Characteristically, these patients do not experience a rise in blood lactate levels after exercise. And finally, a bullet summary. Von Gierke disease occurs secondary to a deficiency in glucose 6-phosphatase. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. 
An 18-month-old boy is brought into the office by his parents for abnormal behavior. For the past month, he has been banging his head on the wall, scratching himself, and biting his tongue. He has also had difficulty achieving motor developmental milestones. He could not sit unsupported until 8 months of age and only recently began walking. When he does walk, he often falls and bumps into objects. The patient was adopted and the parents are unsure of his prenatal or family history. The patient's temperature is 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit, or 37 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 90 over 56, pulse is 80 beats per minute, and respirations are 15 breaths per minute. On physical exam, the patient is nonverbal. There's spasticity and hyperreflexia throughout the upper and lower extremities bilaterally. Several abrasions are noted on his arms and tongue. Which of the following is the most likely cause of this patient's condition? And the answer choices are, choice one, maternal uniparental disomy of chromosome 15q11, choice two, paternal uniparental disomy of chromosome 15q11, choice three, X-linked mutation of the FMR1 gene, choice four, X-linked mutation of the hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyl transferase gene, or choice five, X-linked mutation of the MECP2 gene. The best answer to this question is choice 4, X-linked mutation of the hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyl transferase gene. This patient presents with developmental delay, such as delayed walking and inability to sit unsupported until 8 months of age, neurologic abnormalities evidenced by the spasticity and hyperreflexia, and self-mutilation consistent with a diagnosis of Lesch-Nyhan syndrome, which is caused by an X-linked mutation in the hypoxanthine guanine phosphoribosyl transferase gene. Lesch-Nyhan syndrome typically presents in early infancy with delayed milestones, intellectual disability, self-mutilation, and neurologic abnormalities such as dystonia, spasticity, and chorea. These neurologic findings are a result of the accumulation of toxic substances in the central nervous system due to HGPRT gene deficiency in the purine salvage pathway. A deficiency in HGPRT results in the accumulation of hypoxanthine and uric acid in the urine, bloodstream, and nervous system. In untreated disease, hyperuricemia may lead to gout and obstructive nephropathy. Prognosis is poor, and management is primarily symptomatic to treat gout with allopurinol or febuxostat, but one may also have to treat kidney stones or renal failure. Death usually occurs in the first or second decade of life due to renal failure. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Maternal uniparental disomy of chromosome 15q11 is seen in Prader-Willi syndrome. While Prader-Willi syndrome may present similarly with intellectual disability and hypotonia, this patient lacks other characteristic findings of this disease, such as compulsive binge eating, obesity, short stature, and weak suck or feeding problems in infancy. Choice 2. Paternal uniparental disomy of chromosome 15q11 is seen in Angelman syndrome. While Angelman syndrome may present similarly with intellectual disability, this patient lacks many of the characteristic findings in Angelman syndrome, such as short stature, frequent smiling and laughter, hand flapping, and seizures. Choice 3. X-linked mutation of the FMR1 gene is characteristic of fragile X syndrome. Although patients with fragile X syndrome exhibit developmental delay and intellectual disability, 
This patient does not exhibit other features seen in Fragile X syndrome, such as macrocephaly, long face, large ears, enlarged testicles, or seizures. Choice 5. X-linked mutation of the MECP2 gene is characteristic of Rett syndrome. Rett syndrome is a neurodevelopmental disease seen exclusively in girls and is characterized by regression of speech and motor developmental milestones at six months of age, as well as stereotypical hand movements. This patient is a boy who has had delayed milestones since early infancy. And finally, a bullet summary. Lesch-Nyhan syndrome is caused by a deficiency in the HGPRT gene and presents with developmental delay, intellectual disability, neurologic abnormalities, self-mutilating behavior, and hyperuricemia leading to gout and obstructive nephropathy. That's all for this review about gout. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.